Good morning. Good afternoon. It's 12 noon. I'm Adam Epstein, and you're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. So yesterday, last night, Sunday Night Football, all eyes on New York City, Aaron Rodgers, and the Jets. And that lasted just 75 seconds. Unbelievable. I couldn't believe it. I was shocked. I had the Manning cast on. The Manning brothers were shocked. In comes Zach Wilson, and somehow, someway, the Jets get a win. It is an overreaction Tuesday on AWOD Radio, so I'll give you all of my teams that I'm in or out on in the NFL after just one week on NFL Hits. Got University Drive coming up at 12.30, where we will talk with Dave Rigger, the voice of the James Madison Dukes, after their huge victory on Saturday after a rain delay, defeating UVA at Scott Stadium there on Saturday. We've got the Richmond Commander every day at 1 p.m., your chance to be the quarterback of this segment, 833-804-0910. That's 833-804-0910. I'll give you guys the good and the bad from the Commanders against the Arizona Cardinals. And then we got to look ahead to Sunday, our first look at the... 0-1 Denver Broncos, led by Russell Wilson in the first year with new head coach Sean Payton. We'll run around local sports with Lane Casadante and get a high school football update at 1.30 and then talk some NFL with Mark Schofield at 2.30. Phone lines are open throughout the show, 833-804-0910, 833-804-0910. But we like to start the show every day by catching you up on anything you might have missed around the sports world with the Sports App. Here it is, everybody. Clearly, this is the future. Stats, scores, highlights. Whoa, are you serious? Wi-Fi plus 3G, 64 This one, this one. The Sports App. Let's start in Major League Baseball. Every day on the Sports App, we track the Washington Nationals, who were on a bit of a losing streak and uh, just hadn't been playing the greatest baseball in the last few weeks. You know, everything is kind of gravy now everything's you know we already got our ice cream now we're having our cake too because we did hit the season over for the Nats who are now 65 and 79 after they got a nice win yesterday uh in the first game of their three game series against the Pittsburgh Pirates final score was six to two and we've been talking a lot about the young Nats players and one of my favorite prospects is the young shortstop CJ Abrams who hit a home run to right center scoring another youngster in Jacob Young in the top of the third inning. Here's the call on WJFK. Abrams launches one right center field. This one is crushed, heading toward the river, way back there and long gone. It stays on the concourse. It'll stay dry, but it's a two-run homer for Abrams, and the Nationals lead 2 to nothing. Abrams would homer again, and then later in the ballgame, Dominic Smith comes to the plate, and he hits a home run to center field in the top of the sixth as the Nats would go on to defeat the Pirates 6-2. to Here's the call on WJFK. And a blast to straightaway center and deep. This one is crushed. Way back it goes, and it is gone. Tom Smith with a long home run to straightaway center. His eighth of the year makes it 5-1 Nationals. Let's move over to the NFL here on the Sports App. So everyone was watching Sunday Night Football last night, and like I said, Aaron Rodgers just last four plays 
75 seconds, and the news was confirmed this morning. But first, let me take you back to the play in which Aaron Rodgers got hurt, and let's take a listen to his head coach, Robert Sala, after the game, and Adam Schefter on the Scott Van Pelt Show. Protection breaks down, and time runs out. Down goes Rodgers in the sack for Leonard Floyd. Concerned with his Achilles. Uh, MRI is probably going to confirm what we think is already going to happen, so prayers tonight, but it's not good. The Achilles injury is the one that everybody worries about. There were doctors that saw the play that think they saw his calf reverberate on the play. And an MRI did confirm this morning that Aaron Rodgers officially ruptured his Achilles on the fourth play of his Jets career. Aaron Rodgers' season is officially over. His Hall of Fame career made officially be over as Zach Wilson is the starting quarterback once again. And you know what? He's been given the most precious gift possible that an NFL quarterback could ever receive, and that is a second chance. He's got a lot to do, but how about Zach Wilson playing hero for the city of New York last night, and he got it done in the fourth quarter down to the Buffalo Bills by a touchdown. He throws a three-yard touchdown pass to Garrett Wilson. Take a listen to the call. Dalvin Cook, the lone setback. At the four-yard line, second down and goal. Zach Wilson drops back. Lob left for Garrett Wilson. One-handed catch. Oh, he's got it. That's a jet touchdown. Garrett Wilson with an unbelievable self-tip. The one-handed snag. And the Jets are a point after away from a tie. It was unbelievable. It was one of the sickest catches ever. Literally using his right hand on the left side of his body, tips it back to himself with a defender all over him. Game is tied. We go to overtime. After a couple of field goals from either team at the end of regulation, Bills hit the crossbar. It goes in. And then in overtime, just a bad game from Josh Allen. Another bad throw on third down. And the Bills are forced to punt. If you've been watching Hard Knocks, you know one of the coolest stories of Hard Knocks was the undrafted rookie Xavier Gibson. Well, Gibson was back to return the punt, and it was magical. Here's the call of the overtime touchdown return by Xavier Gibson on a 65-yard punt. Low snap. And getting away a line drive kick is Sam Martin. Gibson runs under it at the Jet 35. Starts to his left, gets to the 40, turns the corner at the 45-50. Blockers in front at the 40, at the Bills 30, inside the 20. Stutter steps to the 10, to the 5. Touchdown! It's a Jet touchdown! This game is over! And I don't know anyone that was watching that game last night and didn't start rooting for the Jets unless you're part of Bills Mafia. I mean, the emotions in that building after Aaron Rodgers got hurt. You could hear a pin drop. It was silent. Zach Wilson comes in, struggles uh, immediately, can't really find any receivers, and then somehow, someway, thanks to Brees Hall, Dalvin Cook, and that incredible defense that uh, Whitehead had three interceptions, the Jets come back and defeat the Bills. Lastly, here on NFL News, here on the Sports app, the Chiefs defensive tackle Chris Jones ends his holdout, agreeing Monday to a new one-year contract with the Kansas City Chiefs. He told reporters, I could play right now. I work out every day, twice a day. 
and I am ready. I'm staying at it. Jones, of course, didn't play in the season opener as the Detroit Lions shocked the world, knocking off the Kansas City Chiefs, the Super Bowl champions, on ring ceremony night 21-20. to But now they get their star tackle back. Chris Jones had 44 tackles, 17 for losses in 2022, 29 quarterback hits, and an incredible 15 and a half sacks. They could certainly use him on that defense this Sunday. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are open throughout the show. It's 833-804-0910. We like to make this most interactive radio show possible. 833-804-0910. You can always tweet us throughout the show at AWOD Radio or at 910 The Fan. Stay locked and loaded to The Fan until 3 p.m. We're live and local here in Richmond, Virginia. It's AWOD on The Fan. Welcome back. What up, what up, what up? It's AWOD here on a Tuesday, September 12th. You're listening to the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, live and local here in Richmond, Virginia, Monday through Friday from 12 to 3 p.m., and we are proud to be Richmond's home for the Washington Commanders. Every game can be heard here in Richmond on the Odyssey app on Sports Radio 910 The Fan, or if there's a Squirrels game, it'll be on WRVA 1140 AM. And joining me right now, a very special guest on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. You hear him Monday through Friday from 6 to 10, part of the Sports Junkies. It's my mentor, Eric Bickle. What's going on, EB? Hey, buddy. How are you? I'm doing good, man. And look, there were a lot of good and bad from that game Sunday, but I said, you know, a win is a win. And we're going to look back 10 weeks from now and just be so happy that we won this game. How did you feel about Sam Howell kind of staying poised and focused after those big hits and the bad turnover? Uh, I actually loved what I saw from Sam. I mean, I saw the bad plays. I, I mean, the fumble was ridiculous. Um, I saw the near picks. The one, you know, pick that he did have was a little unfortunate with the tip ball. But he had some other balls that uh, he was behind guys or the DBs were jumping. But overall, I just love his poise. I love his athleticism. I love the fact that he has no fear, bounces right up after a big hit or a bad play, and, and is not afraid to rip another one in a tight window. Um, I think he's got all of the ingredients to be a really solid quarterback in this league. Uh, but, you know, he's got to do it consistently, and he's got to cut down on some of these Stupid plays. He's got to get rid of the football quicker. Uh, he's got to throw it away or take off and run and protect himself. If he can limit some of those and, you know, a, a few more positive plays, I think we might really have something. I, I totally agree. And I mean, talk about marbles, the stones of Eric Bianami, Coach EB, showing his confidence in, in Sam Howell. That last drive before the half, and I know her, yeah. I heard you guys take calls about this yesterday. Like so many times, Ron Rivera would have just taken a knee. But Coach EB, yeah. Eric Bianami said, screw that. We're going to go down the field. Right. No, I was impressed by that. Now, I think there was a, there was a bit of desperation, too, because <laughs> everybody realized on that sideline how important that game was to win. Uh, they were behind the eight ball. They couldn't be conservative at that point. Uh, but I thought, you know, I thought Sam responded very, very well. So I was excited to see it. I was excited to see Biennemi continue to open it up. Uh, some people are complaining that they weren't quite as open in the second half, but I think he had a couple issues going on. First of all, we were turning it over like crazy. Uh, the rain, I think, had hampered things. 
And at that point, it just became winning time. You've just got to close out the football game. And I thought they did the right thing down the stretch. I so totally agree, I, yeah. Yeah, I expect to see uh, more points, more productivity, less mistakes in week two. Defensively, I don't know about you, EB, but I felt like they came out soft, but then something changed towards the end of the third quarter where they they went to another level and became dominant. And I'm wondering, do you think Jack Del Rio said something or the guys just felt like, hey, we have to go win this game? I think they just realized you've got to go out and shut them down. And, and I think as the game progressed, they realized they, weren't, they couldn't really hurt them through the air. They were giving up some plays on the ground early on. It was getting kind of annoying. I think for about th- three quarters, they were giving up about 5.3, 5.4 yards per carry. Uh, it was kind of annoying. But uh, when it became time where it was kind of necessary that you got to get a stop, in fact, I tweeted it would be nice to get a big stop or a turnover right here. They did it, and they did it throughout the rest of the game. Uh, I was really getting Rams Super Bowl vibes with that defense a few years ago with Aaron Donald. Like you just knew towards the end of that Super Bowl that he was going to stop them and they were going to get the dub. And that's how that game played out for us. Yeah, I mean, Aaron Donald, we had Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen, both of them just jumping through the line, getting past offensive linemen with ease. It was the welcome home game. It looked great on TV. The welcome home season, I expect fans to flock to FedEx Field. How about the return of Jamison Crowder in a Skins uniform. Do you think he could be more than just a punt returner? Because I think you could get some usage from him in the slot. Well, I mean, they absolutely could, uh, but who knows? Um, I mean, the guy's been here a week. I, look, I love the fact that he looked like he still has some fresh legs. Um, the, the bad news is he hasn't played a full season since 2019, but that might be good news, too, uh, that his legs might be a little bit fresher than you might think someone his age. Uh, and his you know length of status in the NFL. Uh, so showed he's got some bursts left in him. I think returning kicks will be a no-brainer for him. And look, the fact is, receivers one of the deeper positions on the team. So you know, right now Samuel's doing a great job, and they've got Diami there, who we expect big things. But if they need another guy, James Crowder could definitely help. Absolutely. I'm wondering what you think the commanders should do with Antonio Gibson. I mean, it's just so frustrating. The fumble issue continued. I, I think they should just hand it to Curtis Samuel instead of Antonio Gibson. Uh, it- it's just such a frustrating situation because you had so much high expectations for him, you know, two or three years ago, and now it just feels like, why do we need him on the roster anymore? I don't know. Well, because he's, he's a talented guy in space. He's not an, a, a natural runner uh, between the tackles. And they're kind of trying to force a round, a round peg into a square hole, whatever it is, uh, a square peg into a round hole, whatever whatever the cliche is. And it's just not working. I'd like to see them use him more in space, more swing passes, you know, give him five or six touches that way, couple, a couple runs, sure. Uh, but just continually pounding him through the tackles and not utilizing his natural gifting uh, pass-catching ability I think is a mistake. It's Eric Bickle from the Sports Junkies here with us on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. EB, so you had eight targets for Logan Thomas, two for Cole Turner. My prediction Mm -hmm. is four and four this weekend in Denver. I mean, whoever gets the job done. I think that Logan clearly showed he was a little rusty early on uh, with a couple early drops, but then I thought he settled in quite nicely. 
whoever gets the job done, it's fine with me. I mean, Bates has made some plays at times, too. I think the other thing that is a little bit unfortunate is we kind of got screwed on some calls. I mean, I think uh, the, the offensive pass interference that they called on Bates was ridiculous. I think there was a holding call or two where even Schles said, listen, I played a long time in the league. That is not a hold. Um, and then I thought we got screwed on the challenge. I thought Ron was on his A game on Sunday, uh, calling the right timeouts, making the correct challenges. Even though he wasn't rewarded, it was the correct call, uh, and they just screwed us in the booth. EB, I need your advice here. Radio superstar, legend in the industry. How do we handle this Chase Young situation? Like, do we even uh, talk about him? I, I wouldn't talk. I mean, at this point, until he's out there on the field producing, I mean, he's an afterthought. Yeah. Uh, for me, he's a nothing. He's an afterthought. Uh, if he could suit up, and I'm not saying that he doesn't want to play. I'm sure he's got a legitimate injury. Uh, but until he gets out there and produces, look, it's been like two years since the guy's done anything. Um, so until then, he's just an afterthought. We're doing just fine with those guys up front. I mean, James Smith-Williams, Casey Tuhill, all these different guys that they're rotating in are doing a fine job. And obviously, they're being led on the other side by Montez Sweat, who's playing his butt off in a contract year. It's EB with us from the Junkies on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. EB, my listeners know I'm not a Ron Rivera guy. I was asking for him to be fired in the offseason. At, at hmm. the least, I'd like him in the, just in the front office maybe, but I can't stand him on the sideline. He doesn't know when to call timeout, and the challenge was correct, but he got it wrong, typical Ron Rivera. I don't like that he's being such a kiss-ass after the game. I mean, are we just going to give every win the game ball to Josh Harris? It's, it's I think driving it's okay. crazy. He's playing a little politics there. <laughs> but I happen to disagree with you in, in, in this game. I think he made the correct timeout calls. He made the correct challenge call. He just got screwed. Uh, I thought he was on his A game, and I'm not his biggest fan. He's a great guy. Everybody likes him. He, he com- commands respect. Uh, but he's just not been great at winning football games. But I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt right now, and he's 1-0. So let's see what happens. We're three-and-a-half-point underdogs going into Denver. I think it's a very winnable game. They've got plenty of motivation. Nobody could go over there all high and mighty thinking they're hot stuff just because they won in week one because they should have won a lot easier. So I, let's see how they respond in week two. I, I got a sneaky feeling they can escape there with a W. I, I'd love to hear, I love that. I mean, and then next week you got the Bills, and, and they looked terrible last night. So I just don't know that Washington's going to win many games with Curtis Samuel leading them in receptions, do you think Terry McLaurin's a lot more injured than he's letting on with that toe? Maybe. It's hard to know. I mean, I, I, I didn't look at the film. I didn't see if he, you know, he did have the big uh, pass, pass interference. interference call that he drew. I, I don't know, Adam. I don't know. My guess is he's probably a little nicked up still. Probably not quite 100%. Uh, but let's see. I get, you know, let's, let's, let's put the brakes on, you know, evaluating everybody after one week. Let's see what happens here after week two, week three, and then we can kind of see where we're at. Yep, but a win is a win, and the Commanders in their new ownership with Josh Harris are undefeated. we got to celebrate that all week long, EB. Absolutely. Remember, there's nothing better than winning. All right, man. Thanks so much for the time, man. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you, buddy. Have fun. Yep. You're listening to AWOD on the fan. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. I'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, available around the country on the Odyssey app. Download it today 
for free and just search 910 The Fan here in Richmond, Virginia to hear me Monday through Friday from 12 to 3 p.m. We've got a lot to get to on the show today, breaking down the latest with the NFL. Of course, everyone saw the news this morning. Aaron Rodgers ruptured his Achilles. He will be out for the entire season. But it's time to talk a little college football here on the program with University Drive. Let's go to University Drive. Scores, rivalries, rankings, all the college football in the state of Virginia. We'll follow the action all season long. College football, baby. University Drive on AWOD Radio. All right, and uh, if you've been paying attention in all the college football, you should know the biggest story in college football and maybe the biggest sports story in the world right now is Colorado and their head coach, prime time, the Hall of Famer, NFL cornerback, Deion Sanders. And this story comes to us today from front office sports. Colorado is actually a huge liability for sports books. We all know everyone's sports betting. You can sign up FanDuel right now, promo code AWOD, to get in on the action. Well, it seems that there's one word that currently has sports books quaking in their boots, and that is Colorado. Coach Deion Sanders has his Buffaloes at 2-0. and They had the huge win over TCU, last year's college football playoff finalist. They were favored by 21 points, TCU. Doesn't matter. The books got screwed as Colorado won the game. Behind the NFL opener between the Chiefs and the Lions, according to FanDuel, Colorado currently holds 15% of the national championship betting tickets, and 74% of those came in after Saturday's kickoff. Colorado going off at plus 8,000 to win the national championship. Sportsbooks are quaking in their boots as the current current top 10 in college football goes as follows. Alabama, after their loss to Texas, falls to 10. Notre Dame, 3-0 to start the season, is 9. Washington in 2-0-8. Penn State has been impressive this season. They're 2-0. Ohio State's always going to be good. They're 2-0 at number 6. 5, Caleb Williams and USC. 4, Texas, moving up from 7 after that big win over Alabama. Florida State representing the ACC at 3, Michigan at 2, still 2-0, and Georgia as they will host South Carolina this weekend trying to be 3-0, got 55 first-place votes. Also, so we mentioned that Texas-Alabama game, everyone was watching. Literally, everyone was watching. It was the most viewed ESPN game since 2014. 8.8 million viewers. Even the field pass with the Pat McAfee show had almost a million. It was the most watched Pat McAfee altcast of all time. It peaked around the end of the game when Texas won at 10.7 million viewers. Yeah, college football is officially back. And here in the state of Virginia, JMU made their case to be the best football program in the state with a major comeback in the fourth quarter to defeat UVA. We talk a little Dukes right now as joining us on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline is the voice of the James Madison Dukes, Dave Rigger. What's going on, Dave? What's up, Adam? How are you? It's a good day. I'm playing golf right now. I I love to hear that, man. So take (laughs) me back to Saturday and, and around that rain delay, what did you notice from inside the stadium? Well, the one thing that I noticed right away is that a lot of the, the UVA fans decided to take off. And obviously, yeah. it's a little shorter trip for them. And the JMU fans were still pretty loud, obnoxious, uh, chanting JMU. And they kind of st- they stuck around, whether it be in the parking lot or in the concourse. And 
it was a major difference when, when that happened. Um, you kind of wondered how many fans would come back after the delay, and it was probably, <laughs> I would say, about 50-50, probably pro-JMU a little bit, especially with what happened right afterwards. But um, it was pretty incredible what happened. I, I don't think the Dukes probably win that game without the delay, but the delay happened. They took advantage of it. They made some adjustments in, in kind of their second half time that they could have. And uh, it was pretty incredible to see, especially how loud it got with all the JMU fans still there. Yeah, I mean, the Dukes deserve a ton of credit. Their coach deserves a ton of credit. And the fan base, they're absolutely part of that win as JMU moves to 2-0 and after the 36-35 victory against the Cavaliers. And take me through what you thought was the game plan because I, I loved, like, the trick plays. Taji Hudson throwing it to the end zone from four yards away. It just kind of felt like JMU used everything in their playbook to come away with the win. Well, I know one thing that Coach Signetti talked to me about, and I think he even said it publicly at one point in time, that he knew that their first opponent was Bucknell. So he was not going to get too deep into the playbook. Um, they didn't tackle much during camp because he knew they had Bucknell and they could do that in that game. And it was kind of their, their scrimmage, so to speak. So I know that they didn't – not that they didn't take them lightly, but they just knew it wasn't a Power 5 team week one or another, another really good football team in week one where they could – It'll take a little bit easy and kind of learn from that and be very vanilla there early on. So they did open that up. It's funny, you mentioned the trick play, the, the pass from Tazi Hudson to uh, Phoenix Sproles. And they had practiced that a couple times in, in, uh, in practice that week. And it went really well there. I thought we might see it at some point in time. I was shocked to see it on the opening drive mm-hmm. of the game. But it was a perfect call. It was a perfect play call to, to have it come at that point in time. Um, so to be able to, to pull that out, they were pretty confident in their game plan. And they, they were going to throw about everything. They knew how important that game was. Um, so I think that they did open things up quite a bit. And they had done they did a lot of things in that game that they didn't show in, on film. Yeah, I mean, it really was a roller coaster of a game. JMU scores on the opening drive, then goes up 14-0. It felt like UVA's offense had a couple quick hitters, uh, like a 75-yard bomb touchdown uh, to the running back. And then, like you said, after the rain, to, rain delay, JMU came out fired up. But let's go back to those broken plays where the Cavaliers were able to score. What did you notice defensively that went wrong for the Dukes? I think it was mainly miscommunication in the back end. And they've got a lot of veterans back there, but they don't hit corner. They've got a couple of young players at corner. And there were a couple of times that I noticed um, they were looking at the safeties, which are all mainly upperclassmen. And, and I think they were just – I think UVA did a good job of getting the matchups that they wanted, getting some running backs on linebackers and different things like that. And there was some miscommunication in the back end on what was going on. So I don't, I think they'll clean that up. They, they really like their cornerback room. I think they think that those guys are talented, but they didn't have a great day on Saturday. The pass coverage was not great, but they definitely, they've got to be better communicators in the back end just to kind of, when, when, when receivers are rubbing their routes and going different directions and they've got to hand them off to somebody else. They've got to do a better job of that. They normally do, but they, they didn't do a very good job of that and give UVA a ton of credit for, for what they were doing to scheme up and getting some good matchups. Dave Rigger with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, play-by-play voice of the JMU Dukes football team, and they escape with a 36-35 to victory. And I know a lot of UVA fans were upset about the Dukes and the fan base storming the field. I had no problem with it. Hey, you're there in another team stadium. You're drunk. <laughs> Let's rush the field. I would have done it as well but also how big was this win in the first matchup in 40 years Dave well I know coach Signetti downplayed it but talking to a lot of the guys that are actually from Virginia um, they still slided because a lot of them weren't recruited by UVA a lot of them wanted to go to UVA some 
we, we talked to James Carpenter, who was a walk-on at JMU and now one of the best defensive tackles in the Sun Belt. He was a monster in that game. He, he grew up going to UVA games, and <laughs> he didn't even get a preferred walk-on or anything like that. So I know a lot of the guys, especially in the Commonwealth, feel disrespected that, that they, they didn't get a look from UVA. or, or Again, most of them didn't even get recruited by, by, by Virginia at all. So I know there is that, but I think it's going to help in recruiting. I think in the, in the past years, it might not have been as big a deal when they were FCS. And they were recruiting a little bit different kids than they are right now. But now they're battling with Tower Fives to get kids. They, they, they already have a four-star kid for next year. They've got us some three-star kids for next year. They weren't getting stars by, by players' names in years past just because they were FCS. But now that they're FBS and they beat a team like Virginia, that's going to open up a ton of eyes, I think, just in the state with, with some of the best players in the state. Now, normally they, may, might, they might not even have been able to get a sniff of some of those players. But now they are in, they're in talks with players that are picking UVA, Virginia Tech, even going up into Pennsylvania and Penn State and the Carolinas. So I think it's much bigger now than it was just because they're FBS and they're sniffing a lot of the same athletes that, that UVA and Tech are. Well said, Dave. I appreciate you taking the time to join the show, man. Thanks a lot. Anytime, my friend. Yep, good talking to you. Let's move over to UVA after the loss as they will travel to Maryland for an awesome Friday night affair. It's UVA at the Terps, 7 p.m. on FS1. That's another tough contest right there as the Cavs look to get their first win of the season. Virginia Tech, we talked about it a little bit yesterday. A six-hour rain delay. They fall to Purdue, 24-17. to It was a close uh Close contest there where Purdue got the edge in the fourth quarter. Uh, Virginia Tech now hosts, uh, or excuse me, travels to face off against Rutgers. That'll be Saturday at 3.30. Rutgers 2-0. The Scarlet Knights coming into this contest hoking, hosting the 1-1 Hokies. We'll preview that game tomorrow with Bill Roth at 1.30 on the Cowan Gates Hokies update. Over to ODU real quick as they defeated Louisiana 38-31. They will host Wake Forest this Saturday, 12 noon, on ESPN2. That's your University Drive catching up on college football here in the state of Virginia. If we missed anything, you can always chime in. 833-804-0910. That's 833-804-0910. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105. 1FM, Richmond's home for the Washington Commanders. Every game can be heard here in Richmond on the Odyssey app. We've got the Richmond Commander coming up every single day at 1 p.m. We'll go through the good and the bad versus Arizona and take our first look at Sunday's opponent, the Denver Broncos. We'll talk some Commanders with Craig Hoffman, who you can hear in D.C., on the Team 980, Monday through Friday from 4 to 7, always available on the Odyssey app. Mark Schofield to go around the NFL and get the latest with the New York Jets. As the big news came out today, Aaron Rodgers ruptured his Achilles. His season in New York lasted 75 seconds. a Rodg done for the year. But right now, wanted to mix it up a non-sports segment of the day. Brought in the voice of God, our program director, Zach McHugh, and... The Junkies had a lot of fun with this topic this morning. It is, of course, a sex topic, so they went crazy for that. Sarah, no, not Sarah, Susanna Gibson. Oh, I heard about this From lady. Richmond, Virginia, refuses to drop out of the Virginia race after videos emerged of her performing sex acts with her husband online for tips. 
the Democratic candidate and mom of two, who's 40 years old, says Republicans are trying to silence her. Okay, I would love to be talking about Aaron Rodgers' Achilles right now, by the way. <laughs> really? And, and thank you for the voice of God thing, because you made me nervous. But can I just, real quick about Rodgers, I knew it was bad. <laughs> you want to go back to Rodgers? I, yeah. I knew it was bad when he stood up and looked at the sidelines and gave it a little, mm-mm, yeah, yeah. it's not good. Well, when he went down and like grabbed the back of his thigh, I yeah. guess, I felt like he was almost feeling like all of his muscles in his body, make yeah. sure... And, and but he got he got up. He knew maybe something was wrong. He got up to take that first step to test it out. Looked over the sidelines. Mm mm. Yeah. And I was like, he's done. This is terrible. Yeah. All right. So Susanna Gibson. Yeah. She's running for a delegate. It's a very competitive race. She's a Democrat, mm-hmm. and we won't get into the politics of it. But can I just say that I don't understand? And this is just me. We're all, we're all different in our own ways. But do you want to have your sexiness and your likeness online? At the same time, like wh- she's out there now, yeah. so she's like, "Hey, it's whatever." Well, there's but, blurred lines now uh, across all, of course, everything. You yeah. know what I mean? Where you have you have girls doing naked sports picks. That's a legit thing. You know, oh, oh this team's gonna win on Sunday. Stare at my chest. <laughs> Oscar De La Hoya's wife right. is starting a TV show <laughs> with topless or like nude Instagram babes playing sports. Right. Quote unquote sports. I know. I'm ashamed to say I follow her on Instagram. <laughs> Do you really? I know all about exposed sports. Yeah. God bless her. Yeah. But, uh, and I don't know how this is going to shake out for her. I mean, what a heroine, right? What are you going to do? She's just, uh, she's OnlyFans and playing for tips. Yeah. Well, that's the thing I don't like about it is it's, it, it's like, does she not make enough in her regular day job that she's got to do is this? She's like on, a doctor or something? She's a nurse or something. Yeah. So back in the day, mm-hmm. it's like, Girls would be strippers and work their way through med school or, you know, law school or whatever. Great. Yeah. You know, they had a plan. Yeah. Maybe this was her plan to get into med school and make a better life for herself. But then you're really kind of raising the bar to go into politics. And be a public figure. Yes. Yes. So I don't I don't think that's a good move. I would uh, not vote for her uh, for many reasons, but that would certainly... Um, I'm just wondering, when are these videos going to be revealed online? Because right now, they're behind a paywall. That's that's not going to last with the amount of sleuths that are out there, no. especially here in Richmond. Yeah, there's there's bound to be some leaks. Yes. I mean, we've already got one photo, and she's actually a very attractive-looking lady. Not bad. Unbelievable. Not bad. Yeah. So and now her husband, what's he do? I know. Is and, he in politics? And, like, and, Is he going to get canceled? Like, this I is, don't know. I don't know why you'd show your face unless you were going 100% in that lane. Yep, she says that uh, she has had more than a dozen videos archived on another site uh, since September of 2022 after she entered the race. It's not clear when the live streams took place, uh, but her account had 5,000 followers. Five. Th- That's kind of unbelievable. It doesn't matter when they took place. You're right. Yeah. Right. They're, they're released. They're she's, out there. A, she's an easy target. I hope it's a big L for her. She doesn't belong there. You know, I mean, there's tons of shadiness that goes up in North of Virginia and on the Hill. I mean, obviously, yeah. it's rampant. But they're smart about it. They cover their tracks. This is just, like, blatant, wide open. Like, what are you doing, dude? Yeah, and, and another thing about this is the fact that she's so open about this. I mean, am I even allowed to read this on air? I Yeah, I blank random strang- strangers if they're hot, she says. Really? Yes. So it's not just is that her, her new campaign slogan. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, she's earning my vote with that line. <laughs> vote for me. You never know what could happen. Uh, 
dude. She like <laughs> hanging out at the polling place. I know, right? Could she show up at Bingo Beer on a Friday <laughs> yeah. at eleven? You know, I would love that. My, my, my. She said, "Quote: We've tried swapping. I was telling them earlier about ethical non-monogamy." Yeah, that's a thing. I mean, I mean, that's one way to live your life. Yeah. It's just an unbelievable story, and you know, like I said, the junkies had a lot of fun with it. But I had to rewind and listen to the segment again when I found out she was from Richmond. Oh, she is. Yeah. Oh, I didn't like, catch. Like, that. I, yeah, I like didn't get is, past the Washington is, Post paywall. Right, this is a <laughs> Richmond story. Like, okay. We, I wouldn't be talking about this if she was a senator from you know Pennsylvania. They're into weird stuff up there. But she's she's from ninety five South. She's oh from Richmond. God. Wow. Yeah. I still uh, maybe no. I, I'm still not rooting for her. No. Yeah, because what kind of policy is she going to be? How could you take her seriously now? I don't know. She's the OnlyFans girl. That's never going to work. Yeah. Not no. even today. I, I still think that today there is some sort of moral center for the United States. I know we're very left these days and everybody's very liberal. But not even today should this like sex cam OnlyFans girl be a delegate. Yeah. I just I can't stand the whole thing of running for public office to be a public figure and and doing things like that you know yeah it's frustrating i mean i i guess i'm uh impressed that she's like it's okay this is me this is my life you yeah. know yeah so be it but it's just it can't work drab from the junkies called me after their show mm. because it was a richmond topic he said you got you have to talk about it today we got to get her on he, well that's what he said do you think she'll he call said, the show I mean, look, we were kind of negative about her. If we say, hey, vote for Susanna Gibson and, and check out her fansly, then maybe she'll, she'll join you, the show. Or if you, you know, post some yeah. links for but her, not to anything Drag's nasty. Drag's question but... to me was, would I ever appear in one of her videos if she offered it? I had to think about it because she's very attractive. But No, it, no, like, no face. No face. No face. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, only your good friends could be like, "Oh my God, dude!" <laughs> yeah, I know. I I've, saw you with Susanna. I've, I've seen that mobile. <laughs> <laughs> There's your tattoo, uh, bro. Yeah, I know, right? No, I just, I, I couldn't do it. I, I, I told him I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. What if they got some money for like? Still, yeah. I have. That's the thing is, I feel like I'm a self-respecting individual. Apparently, she's not. I mean, that's that's my biggest takeaway. I think she's probably self-respecting, but this is just a whole new world with OnlyFans and this country and, yeah. and where we're at well, sexuality I just feel bad because I, I feel like she believed, and, and she even was saying this, that she put it out there on her site for her subscribers, and what she's upset about and is claiming that uh, the Republicans are coming after her is for leaking the videos that were behind a paywall. Well, it was already public knowledge once you put it out there. didn't matter that there were subscribers or not. Yeah. So it's on her. They're probably subscribing. I mean, her only chance now is to play dirty politics and be like, oh, all these senators are subscribing to my page. Right. They're watching my You know video. what? It's on their laptop. This story might have then legs. Then you got new laptop stories. Yeah. This story might have legs. That's the only way she can fight. Right. I mean, to it's expose. just unbelievable. All right. The other thing I wanted to bring up on the non-sports story of the day, Oktoberfest returns to Richmond this Friday. It was, you know, we talked about festivals all the time. We threw one successful one, football festival. But Oktoberfest... It was in my top three. Watermelon Fest, always top dog. Um, I had a lot of fun at the Irish Festival in Churchill. Big shout out to Richard McCann. But Oktoberfest is lit. It's so awesome. So what's bigger than Halloween in Richmond? Because Richmond loves its Halloween. Of course they do, yeah. I mean, you go anywhere, you're seeing pumpkins already. It's September 12th, and everyone's got pumpkins everywhere. And, and the it's, spice it's officially, and the drinks. It's officially autumn. There you go. 
I like that. I got yeah. you saying it now. Yep. So, all right. So it's at St. Benedict Catholic Church, located 300 North Shepherd Street. It's Friday 4 to 11, Saturday 11 to 11. That's where you can run into AWOD. And then Sunday again, 12 to 6. And my favorite thing about this is, I and I wanted to do this at football festival. That's on me. I didn't execute. They have a Stein holding contest uh-huh. where you're like holding expensive, you know, a, a heavy beer. And the crowd gets it. Last year, it was electric when they were having this competition because they do men and women, and everyone's watching and they're dressed up like they're you know in Germany and it's yeah. so it's a it's fun. The beer mates, yeah, I love that outfit. Yeah, I it's know. it's very hot. But uh, also, they bring in like polka musicians, yeah, from Europe, <laughs> and they're awesome. Yeah, and you try and talk to them, they don't speak English, but they're having a blast. Right, and they play some great music. You guys are are cheering tall pints. Yeah, no, I love it. It returns. I'm surprised Kent didn't weekend. get you down there to do live show. Are you doing live show down there? No, I, no. If they want me down there, I would do a chicken dance, like they say they're gonna have. <laughs> you got to talk to Kent about that. Yeah, I know, right? You know what Kent would could hook me with a couple beer tickets because last year I think I had about. Eight beer tickets spent. I was, I was you going need, out. You need some more for you and your crew. Yeah, the Army. Broskies, the yeah. Watt Army. Your homies. All right, Zach, appreciate you stopping by. All I know brother. I know you've got a ton of things to do now. Yeah. Some phone calls to make, emails to send. It's mostly studio stuff. Yeah, well. Lots of imaging, a lot of writing. I'll be Christopher, doing... do you write? <laughs> Does he? Uh, I've, I've written comedy, but not like. Uh, that's good. Yeah. All right. Well, you're right, you, you're you now write writing. write up uh, my 10 <laughs> takeaways from the Commander's win. You get that on thefanrichmond.com. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio on The Fan.